Well, there are so many good things going on around here, church, and this is such a special day, and I got to tell you how stirred up I am today. I know this has been coming for days and weeks now, and Sarah and I have been talking about it at home, praying about it together, but I'm telling you, God is doing some amazing stuff around here. And you've heard me give you this example before, but you know, when you have children of your own and you're with them all day, every day, sometimes you don't always see the growth that's taking place because you're right up there next to them and it's little by little every day. But you know, when you go visit in-laws or family in another state and they hadn't seen your kids in a year, what's the first thing they say when your kids come walking through the door? Oh, you have grown so much. And I'm telling you, I believe that's what's happening in this church. We're just about two years old. We're a toddler. Legacy Church is a toddler. We're a walking, talking toddler. Uh, but I'm telling you that supernatural growth is taking place. And it's not always one of those things you see up close and evident. A lot of times it does show up in big ways. But so much of the growth that's taking place around here is you know, behind the scenes, uh, under the skin, so to speak. Our hearts are enlarging. We're growing on the inside. And God is setting us up for some big things to come in the future. So that's what today is about. We're going to talk vision. Normally, Sarah uh, shares some glory stories with you about the good things God's done for the lives of the families of the church. Um, in lieu of that today, she and I have been going over our vision list from the past years, getting ready to come into Vision Sunday this year. Now, if you're new with us, it's your first time, or you've never been a part of a Vision Sunday, just hang on. Uh, you, it'll all make sense here in just a minute. But we, as a church, put together a vision list every year. It's something we encourage you to do in your home as well. And on that vision list, it's simple. We'll get into these categories in a moment, but we always put the kingdom of God first. What do we have a vision for to sow into the kingdom of God? The second part of that list, we always uh, acknowledge whatever debts and obligations we have. Because debt doesn't go away just because you pretend it's not there. You can't, you can't make believe with some of this stuff. You got to be honest about it. You got to be real about it. So we fill out that section as well. And then we get to that third section of the vision list. And that's where we just get to dream and believe big. And we ask and answer this question. What would we do? What would we have? Where would we go if money was no object? And if you've been doing this with us over the last couple of years, you realize that's not always an easy question to answer. Because one of the first things we do is start setting limitations around what we can have, what we can do, based on how much it costs. And we're trying to break through that. By the help and the grace of God, we are breaking through that to where we think bigger, believe bigger, expect bigger, amen? And I've always said there's one demographic of people on the planet that do not struggle with big thinking. You wanna know who it is? Kids, children, they don't, set limitations on their vision, do they? Have you noticed that? All you got to do is ask a five-year-old, what do you want to be when you grow up? All you got to do is ask a kindergartner or a young one, what are you going to do? What are you going to be? And man, they'll have a list for you. And it's not one thing. It's not two things. It might be a dozen things. And I always think back on when our son Justice was graduating from kindergarten, big day in our house, kindergarten graduation. We went to the ceremony. Yes, there was a ceremony. And uh, the kindergarten teacher at the little school that year had each one of the children come up and talk about the different things they wanted to be when they grew up. And I was astounded at the big vision that every one of those kindergartners had. 
because some of them wanted to be the president of the United States. Some of them wanted to be veterinarians. Some wanted to be firemen, astronauts. Some kids wanted to be all of those things at once. (laughs) And not one of them said, well, teacher, you know, I'd really like to uh, get into the space program. But, you know, college tuition these days is just so outrageous. And what I I don't want to burden myself with the debt. And then you've got to go through the extra four years of training. Not one kid was limited by what something would cost. You gotta grow up to start thinking small. And this is the reason we involve our children in believing God and making these lists. Your kids are down the hall today doing the same thing in there that we're doing in here, going over these vision lists, believing big. And so what I started to say a moment ago was Sarah normally will give us glory stories, um, but I wanted to share ours today. Going back over this over the last few days, looking back at what we wrote down in the years past, I got up early this morning and I I started counting. We have had, as a family, just in this past year, 13 vision list mark-offs. 13 things that the Lord did for us over this past year. And in addition to that, there was another four or five things that we've made significant progress on. And I'm so thankful for it. And the reason I share that with you this morning is because God is no respecter of persons. He does, however, respect faith. And he will do the same thing for anybody who will put their faith in him. And it's like Sarah has always said, faith in God will give you a story that gives him glory. So this morning, I just wanted to share our glory story of the number of things that God's done for us over this last year, and all the glory goes to him. Can I just say one thing the Lord did for me that I was believing God for, and it's for all you ladies that are believing God for a new kitchen. I got to remodel my kitchen this year. Hallelujah. And we have a really old house. Um, but I had been believing the last thing in my upstairs, I'd already remodeled the bathrooms, but this is the last thing on my list. And I got brand new countertops, quartzite countertops that are beautiful. They're, um, they've got this beautiful gold, um, marbly stone look to them and they are real stone and they're beautiful. I got a new sink that is so cool. Now, if anybody, you know how important that is a really big sink and a um, pretty like, um, brass hardware like a faucet and a new water system in my kitchen so I just want to encourage you guys you can have the same thing God is so good and faithful and that was something I waited on I didn't just do it in the beginning but I waited until I had a release and the Lord provided for it and completely debt free yeah you know amen one of the things that helps us so much in our marriage when we're believing God to do things like that is I don't look to her as my source. She's not looking to me as her source. Did I say that the right way? You're not my source. I'm not yours. Both of us have our eyes on God. And when, when she's got vision for something like that and says, hey, I've got it in my heart. I want to do this. <laughs> you know, I know she's not looking for me to do something about it other than to come into agreement with her and be in faith about it. So let me encourage you that with that in your homes as well, that husbands, wives don't look to each other as your source. You both got the same God. And we used to say this years ago when we were ministering to teenagers, teenagers who were growing up in church and would so quickly and easily, it seemed like, look to mom and dad to meet every need. We would tell teenagers, hey, you got to get your own God. I'm telling you this morning, get your own God. (laughs) You have to have your own thing with him and build your own faith and trust in him. 
Uh, Before we jump into this list, I just wanted to remind you of a few things we looked at from the Word last week concerning vision. Let's let's do this together. Let's pray one more time, and then we'll get right into it. Father, we love and worship you this morning. You have been such a good and gracious Father God to us, so kind, so wonderful, so merciful. And we come before you today with open eyes and open ears, with hearts wide open, ready to receive. We ask you to speak to us, and we ask you to speak through us. Give us all the anointing to hear your word, and we believe we receive it from you today. And Lord, we present uh, all of this before you, lay it all before you. And we ask you for your help in it. We ask you for your grace. We ask you for your strength and your anointing today to do what we cannot do on our own. We look to you as our source, as our supply. And we thank you, Father, that you are more and more unfolding your vision, making it plain and clear to us what you see for us, what you've called us to as a body and as individual members in that body. Lord, we have committed ourselves this year to knowing what our place is in the body. And in 2023, every one of us will know where to be in Jesus' name. Lord, we we present this before you today. We ask you for your help and your utterance to declare it, to, to preach it, to receive it, and to put it into practice. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen? Amen. Well, when we're talking about vision... What we're talking about, which is different than I think most of the rest of this world, an unbelieving world might talk about, we're not just talking about having a vision, we're talking about having God's vision for our lives. There's a lot of unborn again, unsaved people in this world who actually have great vision, big vision, world changing vision. But the thing we're looking for that they may not be uh, looking to do is we're looking to have God's vision. Not just a vision, his vision. We want to see our lives and our time on this earth the way he sees it. And that comes to us by divine revelation. That comes to us when he reveals it by the help of the Holy Spirit. And he shows us what we are called to. And there is not one person in this room or under the sound of my voice who does not have a call of God on your life. You have a call. You have a call, and you have a call, and you, and you, and you have a call. Every one of us have a call from God. And typically when we think about that call, or you could interchange that word with vision, God's plan for our lives, we, we typically think about, well, what am I called to do? What am I called to put my hand to? And that's a huge part of it. And that is a big question that you need to ask and answer. Why? Because you will never be more satisfied doing anything other than the thing he's called you to do. And people are trying every day. They're trying to do this, looking for satisfaction. They're trying to do that, looking for satisfaction. And when this doesn't work, they try that. And when that doesn't work, they move on. And they bump down the road for 10 years, 12 years, 20 years, trying to find the thing that will satisfy them. And it is so elusive to so many people that they come to the conclusion that satisfaction can't be found. They say things like, you know, I've tried, and I try, and I try, and I can't get no (laughs) satisfaction. What are you doing knowing that song? You shouldn't know that song. (laughs) But that was made famous, I don't know, decades ago. You try, you try, you try, and you can't get no satisfaction. Well, that's not true. The problem might be you're just not looking in the right place. Because the scripture says that God will satisfy the longing soul. 
He said he would satisfy his people and his priests with abundance. Oh, satisfaction can be found. You just got to know where to look for it. And it's only found in God. It's only found in knowing his plan, his vision, his call for your life, and then putting your hand to it. But there's this whole other side of our calling that I think so often gets neglected. And it's not just what we're called to do, it's what we're called to be. What we're called to be. And the truth is, I believe that you will only find out what you're called to do once you have a revelation of what and who you are called to be. So this is where our focus has been since last week and moving into today. We are focused on what God has called us to be. And if you don't know yet what his plan and assignment is for your life, am I called to do this, am I called to do that, hey, relax. That was something my, my dad told me, my grandfather told me when I was about 18 years old, coming out of high school. I don't know, I don't know what I'm called to do. Am I called to do that? Am I called to go there? Am I called to do this? My dad was like, Jeremy, relax. You got time, man. And if you don't yet know what it is you're called to do, can I encourage you with this? Find out what you're called to be. Because what we're called to do might look different. What I'm called to do might look different than what you're called to do, but we're all called to be the same thing. Amen? Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, gives you some revelation of what you're called to be. He said in the NIV, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. You are called to be free. He's given you a vision here of how God sees you, his vision for your life and what he's called you to be, and you are called to be free. This is a big thing to God. And as you see and you look throughout the scriptures, you can see this has been his will, his plan, his vision, and his call on mankind from the very beginning. Called and created to be free. God created Adam and Eve, gave them freedom. But as you know, they gave away that freedom. When they sinned, they gave away their freedom and they imprisoned themselves to sin. They enslaved themselves to sin and to death. And every man, woman and child born into the world at that time and for the next foreseeable future was born into that prison of sin. But thank God for Jesus. Come on, somebody say it. Thank God for Jesus. He sent Jesus to do one main thing, and that was to get our freedom back. And that's what the word redeemed means. You remember Galatians 3 that says you are redeemed from the curse of the law? For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Christ has redeemed us. That the blessing would come on us. That word redeemed literally means to have your freedom purchased back. It was the word that was used when, when a man or a woman who was enslaved and was being bought and sold and owned by other people, they'd stand on that slave block, but when somebody would come along and pay the price for them, not to re-enslave them, but to set them free, that was called redemption. When they purchased that slave, but then didn't enslave them more, they said, okay, now I'm giving you your freedom. That's what it means to be redeemed. That's what Jesus did for us. He purchased our freedom. Say that loud. I'm called to be free. You are. That's your calling is to be free. And that's what God sent Jesus to do for us. And you see that in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because 
He's anointed me. And that word means to lift the burdens and to destroy the yokes. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Poverty is a prison. Poverty, shortage, lack of any kind to any degree is a prison. And it keeps people bound. And Jesus was and is anointed to preach the gospel to set people free from the poverty or from the prison of poverty. Amen. Jesus said he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To live with a, a broken, wounded heart is to live in prison. It sets limitations on your life that you never reach beyond in relationships with other people. And there are people right now who are living in one relationship with a mindset that they got from this other one over here. What happened to them here? The, the hurt they endured, the pain, the brokenheartedness. And instead of being healed of that, they took it into the next relationship. And they took it into the next job that they took. And they took it into the next church that they went to. Instead of being healed. And one of the things you hear people say, Christian people say so much, well, we're all just broken people. And it sounds so good. And you could get a whole room full of people to go, yeah. But it's not the truth. And it doesn't have to be the truth. Why? Because Jesus is anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Thank you, Lord. Jesus is also anointed to proclaim liberty to the captives. That's about your freedom. Recovery of sight to the blind, that's about your freedom. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, that's about your freedom. Can you see how every one of these things that Jesus was anointed to preach and to do was all about setting people free? Free from the prison of poverty, free from the prison of brokenheartedness, free from the prison of blindness and oppression. Jesus is anointed to set us free. And he was quoting Isaiah 61 there. And if you look back at that, the, uh, the prophet literally said, he's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the prisoners, to set at liberty those who are in prison. Thank you, Lord. He said to set at liberty those who are oppressed and, this is verse 19, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, what is the acceptable year of the Lord? If you were with us last week, we talked all about that. That is a specific reference to a specific year that you can read about in the Old Testament, a year that they called the year of the Lord's favor, the acceptable year of the Lord. They also called it the year of Jubilee. I want to hear you say it. Jubilee. The year of Jubilee. Now, why did they call it Jubilee? Well, the word Jubilee literally itself means to proclaim, to shout it out. And what were they shouting? Freedom. It was the 50th year on their calendar. And every 50th year was that year of Jubilee where they announced and proclaimed freedom. They proclaimed freedom to slaves. They proclaimed freedom to anybody who was in debt of any kind. Now, this is hard for us to even wrap our minds around. That every 50 years, no matter what kind of debt you had amassed, they're just going to let you go free? Well... This is the God we serve. And they announce freedom. Like I said, to the prisoner, to the slave, to anybody uh, held bondage by their debt. Land was given back if you had lost it. It was an awesome year. That's why they called it Jubilee. That's a good name for it, right? 
the year of Jubilee. And Jesus is our Jubilee. He's anointed to preach that to us. And we don't have to wait every 50 years to live in freedom. We can live in it right now. Why? Because we're called to be free. And as I was looking at this and meditating on it this week, I just began to remind myself of what a huge theme this is all throughout Scripture. Go back all the way to the Old Testament from one cover to the other, front to back. This book is a revelation of God's will that you be free. And I was in the book of Exodus just yesterday. And I got to be careful here because I'll preach the whole thing to you. But what a story of freedom. God's people, the children of Israel, had been enslaved in Egypt. And they were there serving Pharaoh. And if you go back and read the story, it, it's not what you think of traditionally. You want to know why Pharaoh enslaved God's people? He was afraid of them. You don't hear that a lot, but read it. He was afraid of them. He was afraid because they had gotten so strong. He was afraid that they had gotten so mighty that they were beginning to outnumber the Egyptians. And he said, we need to come up with a plan just in case there's ever a war. We don't want this group of people joining sides with our enemy. He's afraid of them. So you know what he decided to do? Enslave them. And his plan was to put taskmasters over them. And the more he tried to enslave them, the Bible says the more they grew and the mightier they became. So he had to move to phase two of his plan. You know what phase two was? Kill the babies. Now, you got to remember, we are reading about something that took place way, 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 way back in human history. You know, so this is a real archaic way of thinking, right? That the government of the day and time would sanction the killing of babies. That's just unfathomable to us because, I mean, we're reading about way long ago kind of stuff. Or is this what you and I are experiencing right now? The reason I bring that up to you is so that you can see the spiritual force driving it. It's to break the heart, and the soul of the people. Because as long as they were just enslaved and he was, you know, giving them hard jobs to do, it was hard, but they were growing. But the moment he went for the soul, they broke. And that's when the Bible says they cried out to God. They lifted their voice. And you know what they cried? Help. Help. And the Bible says... That cry came up before him. He heard it. There could be a lot of faith in the cry for help. Help itself, just to say the word, is humility. It is. It's humility to say, I can't do it on my own. I have come to the end of my strength. I've come to the end of my knowledge. I need your help. That's humility. You know what the Bible says about humility? The humble get the grace. So that cry for help came up before him. And he went to work right then on setting his people free. All the way back to then, we've been called to be free. But we've got two sides to our freedom that we have to think about. Number one, what are we free from? Well, Jesus identified it. You are free from poverty. You are free 
from brokenheartedness. You are free from spiritual blindness, even natural blindness. You are free from sin, from sickness. You are free from oppression. These are the things you are free from. You're free from debt. You go, well, pastor, you ain't seen my books. I'm telling you, this is what Jesus came to set you free from. Just go ahead and agree with him, okay? If he calls you free, you're free. It's just a matter of time before it shows up out here. These are the things he set us free from. But there's another side to our freedom. And it's not just what we're free from. It's what we are free for, what we're free to. That's right. And when you go back and read this account in the book of Exodus, you can see it. The moment God introduced himself to Moses, he said, I'm calling you to go back there into Egypt and to bring my people out. Bring them out. Okay. Moses said, well, what am I supposed to tell them? He said, you tell them I want them out of there. That I'm bringing them out of there and I'm bringing them into a land that flows with milk and honey. Without taking the time to go through the whole story, you know it, you're familiar with it. But what stood out to me yesterday as I was reading it was how many times God declared it. He proclaimed it. In essence, God was proclaiming jubilee to these people. Just listen to some of this. You don't have to turn there, but listen to it. We're answering the question, what are we free from and what are we free for? I'll move a little quickly here. If you look back at Galatians 5.13, he answers both of those. You're called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve. Serve one another humbly in love. So our freedom from all the things we listed serve one purpose. We want to be free from those so that we can be free for serving, loving, Amen. And what God said over and over through the book of Exodus, just listen to this and I'll move quickly through it. He said in Exodus chapter 7, verse 16, God said to Moses, you'll say to Pharaoh, the Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you saying, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. Chapter 8, verse 1, the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. Chapter 8, verse 20, The Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning, stand before Pharaoh as he comes out to the water. Say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go. Why? That they may serve me. See, he wants their freedom, freedom from Pharaoh, freedom from serving him so that they can be free to serve God. In chapter 9, verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh, tell him, thus says the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go. Why? That they may serve me. Verse 13, rise early in the morning, stand before him, say to him, let my people go that they may serve me. Chapter 10, verse verse 3, thus says the Lord of the Hebrews, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go. Why, church? They may serve me. Chapter 10, verse 7, Pharaoh's servants said to him, how long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go that they may serve the Lord their God. They said, don't you yet know that Egypt is destroyed? Without taking the time to get into that whole story, God wanted those people out. He wanted them free and he delivered them, but it wasn't quiet. He did not do it under the cover of night. He did not sneak them out. God went in there and with a shout of jubilee, He delivered his people out. He freed them from Egypt. That's the world. That's the system of the world. 
but he freed them for serving him. How many of you would love to be free? To do whatever God said do, whenever God said do it. And when opportunity came up to be a blessing to somebody and the Lord said, go do that for them. You were free to do it. You didn't have to check what was in the account. You didn't have to check, you know, with an overbearing boss. You didn't have to go back to anything that currently holds you as a prison. You're free. And what if the Lord said to you one day, you see that family? They're struggling to pay their car payment. Go pay it for them. How many of you would love to be free to go do that? Just go pay the whole thing off. When your pastor stands up and says, we're going to believe God for this certain amount. We're going to do this and this mission field over here. We're going to build this building. We're going to do this, that, or the other. How many of you would love to be free to sit there and say, okay, Lord, how much do you want me to do? Should I do half of it? Should I do all of it? I mean, it's only three million, Lord, so, so what is it? See, like four of you are like, yeah. See, we got to learn to think bigger. Think like free people. Amen? So that's what our vision list today is all about. It's about being called to freedom. And Jesus is our jubilee. Thank you, Lord. I just keep hearing those words, church, over and over my heart. Jesus is my jubilee. This whole morning getting ready to come to church, I'm just saying it to myself over and over. You've called me to be free. I'm free because you called me to be free. And Jesus is my jubilee. Thank you, Lord. So right now, I want us to get into our vision list. Sarah, do you have anything you want to add to that? Well, let's get into our vision list that we have as a church. Did everybody bring yours today? If you've got it, hold it up, show it to me. If you don't have one with you, take some time right now as we do this. Write it down on your phone, grab a piece of paper and pen, and start filling this out. The thing is, you don't have to be done with it today. You can add to it as the Lord brings things to you. But like I said to you before, we always start with kingdom first. So guys, go ahead and put that up there on the screen for us. Kingdom first. We're answering the question, what will we sow into the kingdom of God this year? And what we want to do right now is look back at what we said we were going to do last year. So go ahead and go to that slide. In 2022, we made the commitment as a church and as a ministry that uh, we were going to set aside 16% of all the income into Pearson's Ministries, which is the ministry Sarah and I have had together for about 12 years now, 13 years. We're going to take this uh, top 16% that comes in from the income there to the ministry, set that aside into what we call our God account. And that's an account that we don't touch for anything other than what God says to do to be a blessing to somebody else, to put it into the kingdom in other places. We don't touch that account to meet our own needs. We don't touch that account to pay bills. We set that aside and we say, Lord, that's your money and it is available to you anytime you need it. The other thing we wanted to do as a church is set aside 12%. Now, what are these numbers and where are they coming from? Well, we've been adding a percent to it year after year after year. When the church first started, we set aside the first 10%, which is the tithe, and we added a percent on top of that. And we set that aside. We gave it and sowed it in places beyond our four walls. And so now this year, or last year, I should say, we added to that. And so our commitment was to give 16% of our ministry income, 12% of our church income. And I'm happy to report to you, we did that, glory to God. Uh, Actually, as a matter of fact, uh, more than 17% of the ministry income went out and more than 13% 
of the church income went out to just about 20 other churches, ministries, ministers. And so I'm thankful to report to you we accomplished that. Glory to God. And so, yes, thank you, Lord. So what we want to do in 2023, go ahead and put that up there for us, is not stay put. We're committing to set aside the top 17% that comes in through our ministry, 13% of what comes in through the church. We're putting that in our God account, and we're just going to see this thing grow and grow and grow every year. And I, I wanted to tell you, this is exciting to me, we're only not even out of February yet, and you as a church and the partners of our ministry, you have already sowed more than $50,000 this year into other churches, into other ministries. You sowed just a few weeks ago a great big chunk into a church that is taking teams of people down to Central and South America and starting churches. And they're believing God for some things, some transportation and some ability to do that. So you as a church sowed $30,000 into them planting churches. Now, why am I telling you that? Because for every person that darkens the doorway of that church that you and I will probably never step foot in, but for everyone that goes in there and gives their heart to the Lord, you and I have a part in that. The Lord's given us a part in that. Thank you, Lord. And we also had Brother Rick and Miss Denise Renner with us a couple of weeks ago, and you sowed wonderfully into them, a major blessing and encouragement to them. So already, you're hard at work on getting these, this seed into the ground. And we believe in tithing. We believe in sowing. And so as a church, that's what we're going to continue to do. So kingdom first. We, we uh, do the Lord's things first. And of course, that's based on Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. One thing that I put on my vision list as the years go by is not just financially what I want to sow into the kingdom, but anything that I want to give my time to in the kingdom. And a lot of people think that, uh, don't realize that sometimes that your time is more valuable than your money. And, and oftentimes people want to just give of their resources and not spend any of their time serving the kingdom. And this is not God's best way. And I have seen it time and time again. I can tell you, I can't even tell you all the times I've seen it, the people who have decided I'm going to invest my time into the kingdom in some area, some area serving God. I'm going to put him first in every area of my life, my finances, with my service, with my ministry unto him. I'm going to put him as the Lord of my life every area, they begin to prosper in every single area. Their businesses start to prosper. They start to grow and increase their families, their children. Every area of life is blessed when we seek first the kingdom and put his things first. And he adds everything we can need of without toil and without uh, striving and working for it. That's right. So the same principle that we did here as a church where we made the commitment to set aside like Sarah's talking about time, dedicate time, dedicate money, and, and give it to God. This is something you and I can and should be doing in our own homes. If you've not done this before, I'm encouraging you to do it. One of our big mark-offs this year was our kingdom first. We set some goals last year, uh, believing God to sow more into the kingdom than we ever had before. And looking back on it, it almost came as a surprise. It was like we did it and far exceeded even what we set out to do. 
So I'm encouraging you, church, families, husbands, lead the way in this. Make clear, write it down. We as a family are going to sow into the kingdom of God. We're going to sow our time. We're going to sow our resources and out of our abundance. And we're going to seek first the kingdom of God. And that's what it means to seek. You seek with your time. You seek with your money. And I was going back through scriptures just recently uh, that talk about all these different kings from the Old Testament. And one right after the other, it says, as long as they sought the Lord, God made them to prosper. As long as they sought the Lord, he made them to prosper. When they sought the Lord, he gave them rest on every side. When they sought the Lord, he enriched them and blessed them abundantly. But what came first, church? The riches or the seeking? What came first, the rest or the seeking? The seeking comes first. So what we're showing you here and what we're doing as a church is just an example of what each of us need to be doing in our own homes. Amen. Let's move on to the next part of this vision list, which is our debts and obligations. And like I said to you before, we don't want to pretend. We don't want to make believe. We don't want to try to ignore those that we are indebted to. I want to read this scripture to you, and it's out of the book of Psalms, chapter 37, verse 21 says, the wicked borrow and never pay, repay, but the godly are generous givers. Who is it that borrows and doesn't pay back? The wicked. That's not us. Do you hear me? That's not us. If we put our name on a line and we're going to borrow somebody's money or somebody's resources, and we put our name there and we say, we are going to pay you back. We're going to pay faithfully. We're going to be on time. We're going to pay the amount owed. We're not wicked people, right? No, we should be setting the example. Godly people pay back what they say they're going to pay back. So this is why we get specific about what we owe and whether it's consumer credit, a credit card, or, or an auto payment, or a house payment, or medical bills, student loans, whatever it is, I'm encouraging you, get specific about it. Know it down to the cent. And don't pretend, don't make believe that it's not there. Be real, be honest, and the Bible says you need to know the state of your flocks. So where the church is concerned, we only have one area of uh, debt where we owe, and that is on the church property. And you can go ahead and put up there what we've, the progress we've made on it. Over the last several years since taking ownership of the property, we have paid it down 37.2%. And you can see there's, uh, what is that, about 60, 62.8% remaining. And uh, we're going to talk some more about this here in just a minute. But let me just remind you quickly, Jesus is our jubilee. Amen. Jesus is our jubilee. So don't forget about that. We're going to come back to it. But I want to move on now to our believing big section. Is there anything I need to add to about paying off debt? I'm encouraging you go before the Lord and find out what his strategy is. Because you and I are not supposed to live the rest of our lives burdened and in the bondage of debt. He's called us to be free. Thank you, Lord. I feel like I'm leaving some things out. So please jump in if I'm so excited that I'm forgetting stuff. <laughs> All right, moving on. Believing big. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Amen. So we're asking that question. We're answering that question. What would we do? What would we have if money were no object? And we made a list last year. So for our 2022 Believing Big list, the first thing on it was we wanted to host the Family Faith Conference. How many of you were a part of that conference last year with Brother Keith? Man, did not, didn't we have an amazing time together? 
That was awesome. And I got to tell you, I'm telling yeah, <laughs> that's all the things that took place <laughs> during the conference. We did. We did what we set out to do. We had a three-day meeting with Brother Keith. We had nearly 350 people in attendance. And of course, if you add all three nights together, it was more than that. And the big thing was we got to give. We sowed big that week. And we sowed $75,000, glory to God, into Faith Life International which is a special thing because that is the ministry covering that we are under. We are submitted uh, to Brother Keith and Miss Phyllis Moore as spiritual heads, among others. Uh, but that is where our church, that is the organization we're up under, and it's good to know who you're supposed to be submitted to. And what that means is that Brother Keith, Miss Phyllis could call us at any time, correct us, direct us, give instruction, counsel, wisdom of any kind. They could rebuke me if they want to. And we're submitted there and we're open to it. And that's for our own protection. Submission is for your own protection. So we set out and believe in God to be able to put this conference on. We did it. And he also blessed us with a foot of snow. So that was wonderful <laughs> in, at the end of May. So I learned a lot then. But we had a wonderful time together. And the word of the Lord was so rich to us. So that was accomplished. That was the first thing on our Believe in Big list. And we accomplished that. The next thing on our list was our lobby remodel and expansion. And as you know, if you came in the front door today or even uh, on the top level, you know we're hard at work on some of this. And I want to show you some of the things that took place over the last year. Uh, we have made some expansion. We have made some progress um, without taking time to dig into all of it. We've finalized all the architectural, the engineering designs. We've started the electrical process. Um, we've remodeled some restrooms down here. We've insulated our exterior lobby wall. We have submitted, received, uh, permitted, and approved plans, which was a major process. And the Lord got us through that. Thank you, Father. Uh, we have designed, engineered, and started the build-out and the installation of the new HVAC system. This is exciting. And I don't mind telling you, there's right about $250,000 going into brand new heating and cooling all throughout the building. So if you've ever picked up your child from Children's Church and they were sweating, soon and very soon they will not be <laughs> sweating anymore. It'll be nice and cool for them through the summer, warm in the winter. And all the money is right there to get it done. Thank you, Lord. Um, about 75% of the demolition has been completed. We've signed contractors, or excuse me, contracts. We've hired contractors, which is a major process as well. Uh, we've purchased some audio equipment that's going to go throughout the lobby. Uh, we've purchased, what does that say, dual-purpose lighting to accommodate fellowship. And then we're also going to be using that space for legacy television as well. So we have made some progress in that. As you know, we're not yet completed, but that's all right. What do you do when you put something on your vision list and you come to the end of the year and it's not done? Well, that's the easiest question to answer. You keep believing. You keep believing. You don't stop believing. Somebody should write a song. Don't stop <laughs> believing. So we're going to carry that over, and I'm going to talk to you more about that in a second as well. Yeah, no, all my... <laughs> Those are the only two secular songs I know, by the way. I've been saved my whole life. Just kidding. The other thing we had on our vision list, unless there's something else you want to talk about with the lobby, we'll, we'll get to more of it. We'll get to that in just a second. Okay. The other thing we had on our Believing Big list for last year was we wanted to invest in our children's ministry. 
We love these kids. And I've told you and told you and told you that they are the reason we started this church. We pray to God, you get something good out of it, but they're the ones. <laughs> they're the ones we're believing God for. They're the ones we're doing this for. And uh, we want to put our money where our mouth is and invest big time in their ministry. So let me show you some of the things we did over the last year to invest in our children's ministry. Take a look at these pictures. We've got new classrooms remodeled. They're outfitted for uh, accommodating specific age groups. Um, we've got a brand new LED screen that we have put in their worship space, and we'll be making changes to some of that. Check that out. That's super cool to have that as a, a, chill, a child growing up in children's church. Uh, we have purchased a new drum set for their worship team. We have designed services uh, created specifically for the Family Faith Conference, and they had an amazing time that week as well. They had a whole theme that they made, and at the end of that conference, we had 10 children that were filled with the Holy Spirit that week. Glory to God. That is an answer to prayer right there. Thank you, Lord, for it. So we're going to talk actually some more about our children's ministry here in just a moment and carry that vision over into 2023. So let me put the rest of the things on there. This was the rest of our list last year. And you can see there's some things we accomplished. There's some things that uh, still need to be carried over into the next years. We made some changes in the sanctuary this year. That cost quite a bit to do, but all the money was there to do it, thank God. Still believe in God for the ministry airplane. We're believing God to expand our parking lot, improve our entry to the property. We want to restore and remodel all these cabins that are on our property. We want to continue to build out the administrative offices. We have made some progress there. And we have actually made some progress with our commercial kitchen that is in the building as well. So excited about that. So the Lord is helping us. You can see that we've got a lot of things accomplished. There's a lot of things we've made progress on. And the rest of these things, we just keep standing. We just keep believing. And you need to do the same thing in your life too. Whatever you set your faith on, if it doesn't happen in 12 months, that doesn't mean anything. Don't stop. Keep believing. Ask Abraham. He believed for 10 years for the promise of God, and his faith became sight. Glory to God. So now moving into 2023, let's talk about our Believing Big vision list for 2023. These are the things we want to believe God for here in the church. The first thing on the list, we want to finish, and I want to hear you shout the word finish. 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 You know, as we were coming out of last year into this one, that's what the Lord had us talking about from the word, finishing the work that he's given us to do. And the more we got into it, the more I realized there is something, and for lack of a better word, it's a feeling that comes with finishing. I don't know if you've experienced that before, but you start a project and you see it all the way through to the end and you get done. There's just like this sense of accomplishment that comes all over you. We had one of those days yesterday at our house where we got the kids, we got them up out of bed and say, we're going to get some work done around this house. And it had been a while, about probably six months since we cleaned up after the dog outside. So all four of us, <laughs> sorry, is that too much information? All four of us are in the yard cleaning up, throwing away trash. We're cleaning up the yard, cleaning up inside, cleaning up outside. We've got lamp posts around our house and I went and changed light bulbs. I don't know what it is about changing light bulbs. I feel like I've accomplished something. I feel like a man who has done something big. I, I, laugh or whatever, I don't care. I felt great about myself. Cleaned up the garage, got some things cleaned out. 
there is a sense of accomplishment that comes with finishing. And you get that out of natural stuff, but Jesus himself said, I have come to finish the work. There are some things God's called us to do. And you think it feels good to change light bulbs and get that finished? Man, wait till you finish what God's called you to do. Wait till you get a taste of what it's like to accomplish what he's put in front of you to do. So this year, we are finishing this lobby remodel, glory to God, and that is going to be a beautiful place. And it's, it's about more than just having a lobby. It's about getting the house ready for company. We're believing God to grow. Well, you got to have place to put them. So that is... That is going to be a big part of the vision for this year in finishing that lobby. Go ahead and scroll through some of those pictures and I'll remind you of what our lobby is going to look like. Look at that. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. Sarah, you want to talk? Some of these uh, design items are going to change as we go, but this is just a, a vision that we created to give us an idea of where we were going. So a lot of the structure, I think the drywall and uh, framing is going up next or framing is going up next week. And so all these new walls are going to be built out. We're so excited. Y'all are going to get to watch the whole process week after week after week. We're going to have an awesome fireplace in there for everybody to sit around and fellowship in the winter. And I don't know, we might turn it on in the summer too. This is cozy. <laughs> but uh, lots of time. And you know, this space gives us the ability to minister to the whole family more throughout the week. So we're really excited about what the Lord will lead us to do once we get the lobby complete and finished. So there's a lot of love happening out in that lobby. That's right. Yeah, we hear reports all the time of all the good things that God's doing and the fellowship. So we're really excited about getting it finished. Did you see the sign when you came in? Please put on your faith glasses. <laughs> I'm asking you to do that every week when you step in here. And don't just see the blank walls and the concrete floors. I want you to see it finished. I want you to see it completed. And I want you to do the same thing in your home. If there's some things you believe in God to finish out in your home or even a new home or to remodel, redesign, whatever it is, you got to see it on the inside completed before you ever hit a nail with a hammer, before you ever paint a wall with a brush. You got to see it on the inside. I call it finished. I call it completed. And I want to remind you, too, that that space, like we've already said, it's more than just having a lobby. You and I are called to fellowship. This is a huge part of our, our walk with the Lord and our Christian faith. Yes, we are to dedicate ourselves to, to hearing the word, to preaching the word, to, to walking in the word. But the Bible says we are also to be fellowshipping with each other around what we have in common. And what you and I have in common is a love for God, a love for his word, a love for his people. And we talk all the time in here about creating an atmosphere full of faith and full of love. And like Sarah just said, that's what that whole space is dedicated to. You guys just getting to love on each other. All of us getting together out there and just get to fellowship with one another, encourage each other and share the love of God with each other. So this is going to be such a wonderful thing, and it will be finished. Glory to God. Amen. All right, moving on. Let's take a look at this next part of our believing big in 2023. Would you read that out loud? I know it's a little small. You can see it though, right? What's it say? Can I just hear you say it again one more time for me? I feel like I would be doing really good if you just read it one more time with some enthusiasm 
debt free in 23. Why? Because Jesus is our Jubilee. I have gone before the Lord about this over the last several years and asked him if we were supposed to release faith together, to be given offerings together towards our uh, payoff of this building, and I'd never got the release to do it. And I don't know all the reasons why. I think there's some things the Lord wanted us to do in a certain order. But I also know this. When you're doing things according to God's plan, you don't just get to decide what you do when you want to do it. You have to have a word from him. And if you don't have that word from him, then you don't have faith to do whatever it is you're wanting to do. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by that word. So if the, Lord hadn't, if the Lord hadn't said two years ago, jump into a payoff project, and we tried to do that, do you know how hard that would have been? And I, I firmly believe that part of the reason we have been delayed in doing this is because it takes time for our faith to come up. And I believe now the Lord is saying, now's the time, which says to me, our faith is there. As a church, as a family, those of you watching online and our partner family all around the world, all around the world, our faith is at a place where it's ready to believe God for this. Debt-free in 23. Um, that's why I want to introduce to you today our brand new project that we are calling our Jubilee Freedom Project. Why? Because you're called to be free. We are called to be free. When we first purchased this building, go ahead and go to that next slide. You've heard me talk some about this before, but just let me remind you, we were actually able to close on this building and get into it without any money down, and the Lord really worked some things for us to get in. So at the time, it was a 30,000 square foot building, uh, and we had not put any money on it. And if you, well, I'll explain that to you here in just a second. But oh, like I said earlier, over the course of the last couple of years, the Lord's helped us put some money towards the principal. And if you were to take the whole square footage of the building and divide it up, according to the purchase price, you come up with a price per square foot. And go ahead and go to that next one, guys. We are sitting right now at 11,117 square feet paid for. That's where we are. Out of 30,000 square feet, 11,117 square feet paid for. That leaves us with 18,823 square feet to go. And I've sought the Lord about this, and I believe what I got in my heart for us to release faith on and believe Him for today. In the completion of this project is $100 per square foot for that remaining 18,823. Now, the building will actually, the property will actually be paid for before we get to the end of that. So why that price? Why that number? Well, we're not just supposed to be free from some things. We're supposed to be free to, for, some things that he's called us to do. 
That's what this project is about. Yes, it's about being free from debt, but it's also about being free for service, for loving. Oh, Lord, help me with this. Go ahead and go to that next one, guys, and I want to tell you what we're releasing faith today to be free for. We want to continue to to develop our children's and our youth ministry. And there's work going on upstairs right now. Like we've said, we've already got some other classrooms ready. But I want to show you what we believe it can look like and what it can be like for your kids. Go ahead and go and show these images. We want to convert some spaces upstairs. And this is the vision the Lord's given us for it. And this is not for anybody over the age of 18. (laughs) We want our children to have their own worship room. We want our teenagers to have their own space for worship, to have services. And we want to build out this place, an area for them to fellowship, for them to have fun. Yeah, go ahead. So one of the heart the heart of this church, and you've heard us talk about it so much, is here to help, happy to serve. Uh, Here to serve, happy to help. And one of the greatest things that we're going to enable our young people to do is start to learn how to serve God in a capacity like this when they're younger. And we want to give them a place to develop their talents, to train them up in their different gifts, give them that opportunity when they're 13 to start serving the Lord. And so to have a sanctuary that is a small sanctuary within the church, this is a a little church within the church, I think it seats 100, it will give them the opportunity to grow and develop in their skills when they're young and begin to play and worship the Lord and develop in some of these music ministry gifts. We'll have um, AVL on a smaller scale, like we have it in the main sanctuary, and all the different departments, they'll begin to serve the Lord when they're young. And that's the big part of this church and heart of this church is that they would develop and learn the value of that. And then they'll spend their whole life being uh, living with in that vision and the heart of, of what God has told us and how to do that. But anyway, we want to develop these spaces. And then also so that, that they can have wonderful fellowship times together and have so much fun. When you walk into the upstairs, you're going to have a glass wall that you see, they'll see through to this whole play area and their play game room. So when they come to church, they're already going to be so excited to play with their friends and to fellowship. So they'll have a lot of time like that. And then they'll have really wonderful times in the presence of God. So we're excited about that. So the reason I've coupled these things together, and I believe the Lord has done it this way, is so that we can see we need to be free. Before we can do this, we got to get free from some debt because we are obligated to it. I can't, I can't call the banker tomorrow and say, I have no debt. He'll say, yeah, you do. (laughs) So we got to get free from some things so that we are free for serving the children and the youth of this church. Does that make sense to you, church? And that's the way I want you to approach your own vision list this year. Not just thinking big about the things you want to do, the things you want to have. Or not just thinking about being free from debt. I want you to think about When you get free from one thing, what that enables you to do over here. 
when you get free from this, you're free to serve. You're free to do what God has called and created you to do. Now this, this whole project, this 18,800 and some square feet at $100 a square foot, this is a chunk. I see some of you doing some math right now. Go ahead. It's a chunk. But I believe the Lord's saying our faith is there. And we're stepping over into something here, to be honest with you, naturally speaking, a church our size, where we are right now, this, was, this is beyond our own natural ability. But we're not making plans based on how big our church is. We're making plans based on how big our God is. Can I say that to you again? We're not making plans based on how big our church is. We're making plans based on how big our God is. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17, Ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard or too wonderful for you. So as you make your vision list, church, just remind yourself, nothing too hard for God. Nothing too wonderful for him. Nothing too big for him. This is not too big for him. For us to be totally out of debt and making progress in that this year and carrying on just as long as we need to, that's not too big for him. That's not too hard or too wonderful for the Lord. You being out of debt, that's not too big for him. That's not too hard, too wonderful for him. Come on, I'm looking for some faith in the room. Not just some noise, I'm looking for some faith. I'm looking for some people to get a vision of what it means to be called to be free in Jesus' name. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. That's what we're doing as we step over into this Jubilee Freedom Project today. We're asking. We're asking the Lord to meet the need. We're acknowledging we don't have what it takes to meet our own need. You do. It's not too hard, too wonderful for you. Come on. Is God able? Is he willing? Is he faithful? Yes, he is. And I'm going to encourage you with this last thing before we pray over this. Stay hooked. Don't let anything disconnect you from what God has joined you to this year. If God has joined you to this body, stay connected. Don't unhook. Because we're adding faith to each other. I am in just as much faith today about the debt freedom of this church as I, as I am about the debt freedom of your home and your family. Don't unhook from that, okay? There'll be opportunity. There'll be temptation. I've already seen it happen. I mean, it, it should have been no surprise at the beginning of this year when the Lord started talking to us about every one of us finding our place in the body that here comes the enemy whispering to people, you have no place in this body. And I've already seen it. I've already seen some disconnect and, and, and get lied to. Don't let it happen, church. Don't let it happen. I'm not unhooking from you. We're not unhooking from your call, your assignment, and your call to be free. Amen.
Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY in any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith.